0: You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. So we are in our sermon series called Journeying with Joshua. And Nigel introduced our series last week, reminding us how the Israelites got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. So we're picking up the story this week in the book of Joshua. And we're going to be in Joshua um, right up until the summer and learning some great lessons from him. I bought this today, which is, for those of us old enough, we're all old enough to remember, life before Satnav. This was given to us. It's a London atlas. And it was given to us in 1994 by a friend of ours when we left Norfolk to go and live in London. And this is what we used to use to get ourselves around because that was how you did it in those days. I was in charge of the map. Nigel was in charge of the driving. And I used to love being in charge of the map. The trouble with being in charge of the map is you've got to really concentrate on where you're going because the minute you lose track of where you are in relation to everywhere else, things go horribly wrong. You've got to really concentrate where you are. The map will not tell you when roads are closed. It will not tell you where there are hold-ups or traffic jams. But that's how we used to do it, right? It was brilliant. And then there was satnav, which apparently makes journeys easier. And the great thing about satnavs, or the great thing about our satnav, nav, I don't know about yours, is it recalculates routes for you. So, if you find you're going along, and it will, it will work out that there are traffic jams, and it will say, oh, would you like to save some time by going another way? Or would you like to, um, you know, this road is closed, so we'll, t- we'll find an alternative route. And it does all of that in the background without you having to even know actually where you are in the world. You could be absolutely anywhere, and it will get you to your destination. It works behind the scenes to make sure that you make progress. Sometimes you'll find yourselves on a really strange route. We have been down those really narrow country roads with the grass down the middle, you know the ones I'm talking about, and you're thinking, how on earth is this going to get me to where I need to, do, to, to be? The key is that you have to trust your satnav, even when it takes you down some really strange routes. And isn't that the same with God? So today we're thinking about how we can get from here to there on our spiritual journey. And as believers, we should always be making progress on our spiritual journey till the day that we get called home by the Lord. But there might be times when we stop short of receiving what God wants us to have by not getting quite to our destination. And there's all sorts of different reasons for that. But whatever the reason, the outcome is still going to be the same. We're going to miss out on our blessings. Israel stopped short. They failed the first time round to enter the promised land. They got scared. They didn't like the look of what was ahead. And so what what should have been an 11-day journey from Egypt to Canaan took 40 years, and they wandered round and round in circles. So how can we avoid those mistakes that the Israelites made? How can we get from where we are now to wherever it is that God wants us to be? I think that Joshua chapter 1 sets out a bit of a blueprint for how God wants us to partner with him on our spiritual journey. So let's not forget it is a partnership. He doesn't want us to do it on our own. And there are three things I believe. There's a challenge that we need to accept. There are promises from God that we need to believe in and claim for ourselves. And there are also commands that we need to respect and obey. So I'd like to start us off. I'm going to read from Joshua chapter one, if you want to read with me. I'm going to read um, from verse one to verse 11. That's not the whole chapter, but it's the bit that I'd like to. read today. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So, back to the blueprint. The first thing I think, there's a challenge that we need to accept. Verse two in Joshua one says, "'Now then, you and all these people, "'get ready to cross the Jordan River "'into the land I'm about to give them.'" The Israelites at this time were camped just to the east of the River Jordan, just north of where it joins the Dead Sea. Chapter three of Joshua tells us that the river was in flood stage. So it was running faster than usual, it was deeper than usual, and it was wider than usual. So it was not an easy thing to go across safely on foot but despite all of those risks Joshua accepted the challenge. He didn't question it, he told the people this is what we're going to do. Whenever we journey with God we should be prepared to be challenged, we should be prepared to fight and dare I say it we should be prepared to suffer. If it was easy we wouldn't need God. But if we want to have the opportunity to build our faith and our trust on our spiritual journey, we've got to be prepared to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to be prepared to get out of the boat. We've got to be prepared to put our foot into the Jordan River and see what God's going to do and get into that place where God can challenge us, that we can grow if we stay on the riverbank, if we stay on the east of the Jordan, God can't use us. We're useless to him. And that's why the Israelites wandered around the desert for 40 years, because they were afraid to take risks. Despite all they'd seen God do, let's rem- remind ourselves that he fed them every single day miraculously. They never went without. They'd seen all of that for 40 years. But... The first time they got got to the point where they needed to get into the promised land, they still didn't trust him enough. They didn't accept that challenge. They wanted to settle for their problems rather than face the challenges ahead. How often do we do that? How often do we settle for our problems rather than face the challenges Do we moan about where we are currently, our current circumstances, but we're not prepared to do anything about it because it might be too risky? I'm talking to myself here as well. What we see in the Bible, though, is that those who were prepared to take great risks for God saw great victories in their lives. Read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and there is a long list of people who were prepared to take risks for God. Noah, Moses, Joseph, David, and actually the writer of Hebrews says at the end, I have not got time to tell you about them all. He runs out of time to write them all down. But let's remember that accepting the challenge means that we will have to surrender control to God. And that is difficult. It's really hard. The author, John Ortberg, in his book, which is called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat, says this. Fear and growth go together like macaroni and cheese. It's a package deal. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. This means that to be a follower of Jesus, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. That's a hard truth. Nigel and I are quite big risk takers. I know we don't look like it, but there've been many times in our lives when we've stepped out in faith and done things that other people thought were completely bonkers. We've renovated houses when even estate agents told us that we shouldn't do that. We've left jobs when there's been no other jobs on the horizon. We started a church. And even when we got married, certain people around us were like, that is really a bad idea. But here we are nearly 29 years later, still loving the married life. And I am pleased to say that with every single risk we took, we have seen amazing blessings. It hasn't been easy, but we know that God's been with us the whole time. So where are you on your journey of faith this morning? Are you wandering around in the desert? wishing that you could go back to the way things were when you were prisoners in Egypt? That's what the Israelites were thinking. Or are you prepared to accept the challenge from God and cross over into the promised land? Do you want to get from where you are now to where he wants you to be? Because it's always going to be better where God wants you to be. The good news about the challenge, though, that Joshua accepted the challenge because he knew that God had made a commitment to him in the same way that God commits to us. And there are promises that God made to Joshua in this chapter. God promises, first of all, to be a powerful presence. In verse 5, it says, "'No one will be able to stand against you all the days,' of your life. Victory for us in our circumstances has nothing to do with our abilities, our gifting, our strength, our perseverance. It's nothing to do with that. It's all to do with God's presence in our life. We can be strong because God is present in us. Let me remind you, there's loads of verses in the Bible that talk about that, but here are some examples. Just to give us encouragement. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And some um, translations say, who gives me power. 2 Timothy 1.7 For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God promises to be a powerful presence in our lives and in our circumstances. Secondly, God promises to be a personal presence. Verse five again, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God doesn't send deputies. He comes personally personally. On our journeys with the Israelites, he was there with the cloud of, um, with the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. then he came to earth in human form, he was with us as Jesus, and now he 's present in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Israelites one could say, had it easy because they could see the presence of God there he was, cloud of cloud at cloud and fire. Um, But at this point in the story those physical signs disappeared. So it was going to be much harder now for the Israelites to believe and trust that God was there. I imagine that they felt that because the physical signs of God had disappeared that God himself had also vanished and I know that I can feel like that at times and I'm sure that you can also feel the same. The Israelites needed to learn to trust in God even when they couldn't see him that's a hard lesson but that's one that we also need to learn but just like any skill that's worth learning if you practice it does get a bit easier in my experience the more you put your trust in god the easier it gets but it's not always easy i for one still have massive doubts about all sorts of things it is a life long journey And when I find myself doubting, all I can do is to keep coming back to the promises of God. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Thirdly, God promises to be a permanent presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go is what it says in Joshua and in Matthew 28 20 Jesus himself says and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age now any of us in here have ever had any kind of relationship courses or anything like that that you might have been on will know that the words never and always should shouldn't be used in an argument because actually they're rarely true you, know, you never empty the dishwasher you always do such and such We shouldn't use those words. But here in scripture, they're used to show the permanence of God's presence with us. It's a solid presence. It's not wishy-washy. It doesn't say, he might be with you. You never know. It doesn't say, "Uh, maybe, maybe he'll be with you to the end of the age. It says always, and it says never. These words are used so that we can have confidence in God, that he won't let us down. I personally find that a great comfort and encouragement, something I can really get hold of. So we've seen so far, getting from here on our spiritual journey to where God wants us to be, there is a challenge or challenges that we need to accept, but there are also promises that we can claim and believe in. But the blueprint in Joshua also says that there are commands that we need to respect and obey and it is a hard biblical truth that some of the promises that God gives us are conditional upon us living in obedience to him because it is a partnership it's not all about us just taking from God he wants us to do things in a partnership with him Verse 7 in Joshua 1 says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And then verse 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Tough. But then look at the blessings that follow. This is also what it says in Joshua. It says, do this that you may be successful wherever you go. It also says, then you will be prosperous and successful. So actually, it seems like quite a fair deal to me. But what we need to remember is there's not some holy formula that, you know, if we do this, God will do this and life will be easy. It's just not how it works. Don't ask me why. It's just not. We know from the story of Joshua that even though Joshua accepted the challenge, he had the commitment from God, he was still going to have to fight for every bit of that promised land. He wasn't just going to waltz in and the people that lived there already were going to go, here, have my town. That is not what happened. There was going to be pain and suffering along the way. And the the whole conquest of Canaan took about 30 years to fulfil in the end. God knew it was going to be hard, which is why he told Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And he also said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God was saying to Joshua, if you trust me, I will save you. I will give you your promised land. I will get you from here to there. And he says the same to us today. But these commands, they're difficult. And we can't pick and choose the ones we want to follow, like we're going along on a buffet. And you go, "Oh, well, I I like that command. I think I can do that one. But that one over there, mm, not sure about that one. So I'm going to leave it for now. God wants us to obey his word completely, the whole lot even the bits we find really uncomfortable. And he wants us to do it all the time, not just on a Sunday morning, not just when people are watching us, not just when we think it might make us look a little bit better. We need to obey them consistently. Being obedient to God should make a difference to the way that we live our lives. People should see that we are living differently from other people who are not followers of Jesus we should stand out because we are being obedient and if we're obedient the scriptures tell us that we can expect blessings to follow that's not why we obey but it is a nice little thing to have and the great thing about in here just to encourage you is that the blessings outweigh the commands in Joshua 1 so there are more blessings than there are things to be obedient for And of course, these things are going to take our whole lives to get right. These things we have to do daily to to remember to do these things. We're not going to get it right. Nobody gets it right. That's why Jesus came. That's why we have grace to try to do this every day. So for the Israelites, getting to where God wanted them to be meant that they faced their challenge They obeyed God's commands, but they did all of that knowing that they had the promises of God and the presence of God to get them through. And nothing has changed today. We have all of that too. So if we want to get to where we need to go as individuals and as a church, then we need to follow the example of Joshua and the Israelites. We need to think about the challenges and accept the challenges. We need to claim God's promises for us in his word. Not just the ones in Joshua, but the entire Bible. There's loads of them. And we need to live our lives in obedience to God completely and consistently. So wherever you are on your journey of faith today, I want to leave you with these words that God spoke to Joshua and God speaks to each of us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen.